more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Notice that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In verse 10, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Can you get amen? Notice it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Notice, and he will lift you up. Let's look around first Peter. First Peter. First Peter 5. In verse 5. First Peter 5 and verse 5. It says, everybody there? It's not too far away. First Peter 5 and verse 5. It says, yes, all of you must be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God, notice, He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Verse 6, therefore humble yourselves. I think these verses sound a little bit familiar. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Now here's a little, this is not my message, but how many know due time is not usually your time? said much, but it's all right. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you or promote you in due time. That's His timing, not your timing. But notice He says, humble yourselves in the mighty hand of God, because why? God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Amen? All right, if you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is, More Grace. More Grace. Look at your neighbor say, more grace. A little bit louder, more grace. Come here, son, they came to Thursday night service. You, you go receive something. So uh, tonight we're going to be continuing talking about grace. That's all right with you tonight. And uh, we talked about some different aspects of grace uh, the past several weeks. And I want to say this as we get started, that we talked about several things this past several weeks. Grace is a person. We talked about it is the per- person of Jesus Christ meeting us in our time of need. And we see that also grace was a pardon. That means forgiveness. It, it takes your sins away. We, we see that grace is power. We talked about uh, one of those weeks. We talked about good enough, about what, is, what does it mean to be good.
grace language. If God is with you, then the grace of God is with you. Then the favor of God is with you. So if you see in the Old Testament, well, the Lord was with so-and-so. You could say the grace of God was with so-and-so. The grace of God was with all these men and women of faith you see in the Old Testament. So I just want to set that up before we go any further today. The grace of God really means the favor of God or somebody who found favor in God's sight. Let's look over at James 4 and verse 6. James 4. Now stay with me tonight because we're going to teach some. Now you can handle it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. James 4 and verse 6. James 4 and verse 6, it says, But he gives more grace... Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Notice, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so tonight, we're specifically speaking about more grace. Now, I'm going to say a couple things as we get started here, because some people don't think that you can get more grace, but you can. Not that God is, not that God is, isn't already in you, and that the presence of God doesn't already live in you. always with you in one sense, and His favor is always on you in one sense, and the grace of God is always on you in one sense, but some people know how to tap into it more than others do. And you know this just as much as I know this, there's some people that walk in the presence of God differently than other people. Now, they both have the Spirit of God in them, but there's a difference. Somebody has more grace on their life than this other person does, and there's a reason that that's happened, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because we see that if you want more grace, the first example I want to give you is if you say, I want to have more grace in my life, let me tell you that the quickest, most practical way is if you're faithful with the little grace you have, God will give you more. The Word of God says if you're faithful in the little things, then you'll be faithful over much. So if He can trust you with the grace of God you have on your life right now, you're using that grace right now, you're being a good steward of that grace right now, you're being uh, faithful with the grace He's given you, He will give 
presence. What is that? That is the grace and the favor of God on our lives. And you can develop that and have more of that in your life. And we see this even in the book of Acts. It talks about the apostle Peter. When he just walked by people who were lame, who were sick, who were broken down, people got healed. He didn't lay hands on them. He just walked by people. An apostle in the Bible, he would walk by people, of God. That's the favor of God. That's the grace of God. And how many know Peter didn't start out like that? Peter started out with Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. How many know he didn't have much grace right then? But guess what? He got more grace because he aligned himself with God. He stayed faithful where he was and he developed that. And you know what? Every apostle didn't have that. Peter's the only one that talks about not that other apostles didn't have that kind of shadow got people healed. That's some power. That's some presence. That's some favor on you. And people just get around you and they get delivered and healed and you don't even pray for them. Why? Because it's the presence of God. And we see that you can have so much presence on your life. I know some of you don't believe this, but it's so true. Some of you, as your school, as your job, you can have so much of God's presence on your life that you change the entire atmosphere just because you're there because God's presence and favor is on the inside of you. It can happen just because you haven't seen it because you're backslidden. Okay, I, I didn't mean to say that. Just because you haven't seen it because you haven't been spending time with God doesn't mean it can happen. Maybe if you walked in your school with the presence of God, people would listen to you. Maybe if you walked into your job with the presence of God, with the favor of God, more grace, more favor on your life, that you would change the atmosphere and people would come to you and say, I don't know what about you that I like, but I like you for some reason. What's that? That's favor. I don't know what's different about you, but I like it. Why? They don't necessarily like you, they like the presence of God. And that's one aspect of the favor of God is His presence on your life. And how many know people, whether they know it about or not, they are attracted to the presence of God. Some people don't know how to about you, what is that? It's the presence of God. It's not you. It's not your good looks. It's not your good works. It's not because you're smart, you're kind, and you're special. No, it's because the presence of God is on your life, and that is the grace and the favor of God. Now, some people haven't talked about the grace of God like this, but this is another aspect of the grace of God, the favor of God. Attracted to 
job that nothing spiritually is ever going to happen to you because you have the favor of God on your life. Why? Because you have an enemy that doesn't want you to succeed, and it's not God, it's the enemy. And let me know, he's going to try everything in his power to discourage you from fulfilling the plan of God on your life. And so we see that just because Joseph was favored doesn't mean that his life has been perfect. Nothing bad ever happened. We see that since he was favored, actually he faced more opposition than the people who weren't favored. So if you want more favor, just expect more opposition, but it'll be worth it in the end. And we see that in Genesis 39, in verse 2. Now I'm going to, before we read this, realize Joseph went from one situation to another, to another, to another, and every time he would come to the top. Every time. Doesn't matter where you put Joseph. He would always come to the top. What is that? That is the favor and the grace of God. And so many of us are judging that. Well, well so-and-so is my boss and they don't like me. It's not about them. My teacher doesn't like me. It's not about them. If the favor and the grace of God is on your life, no person can stop it. No person can hinder it, the favor and the grace of God on your life. If God is really for you, then who can be against you? And we see the favor of God is on Joseph. But we see here, now, Joseph was a slave at this time. Now, let me, let me give you a little understanding of this. Joseph was a slave. He wasn't a millionaire right now. We see in Genesis 39 and verse 2, it says, Notice, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. What is that right there? That's favor language. That's grace language. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of the master, the Egyptian. Now let's look down at verses, same chapter, verses 21. Now understand, this guy's a slave. He's a slave. So for all of you who are saying, well, I just have a bad job right now. I'm really not getting too good in school right now. Can the favor of God change that? Can the grace of God change that? Who's your trust in? Your job, your teachers, or in God? Because if your trust is in God, it doesn't matter who cares about it, who, who doesn't like you, the favor of God will promote you. So we see Genesis 39, verse 21. Notice this favor language. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. In verse 22, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were there, and whatever they did there, it was his doing. Verse 23, Now, we see Joseph,
right now. Say, I got a bad job. I, I live in the wrong part of town. I go to the wrong school. I'm not making good grades. Joseph was in prison for goodness sake. But he trusted God. He stayed faithful. Notice he stayed humble before God and humble before authority in his life. And what did God do? He continued to promote him to wherever he was. He said, the Lord made him prosper. Have you ever heard of a prosperous person in prison? I haven't. But God was with him, so it doesn't matter what anybody else likes. He always came to the top. Why? Because the favor and the grace of God. Now let's look over at Genesis 41, verse 37. 
good, like he did to Joseph, but a lot of people are shooting themselves in the foot. When something bad happens to you, don't get mad at God. Humble yourself before God and trust God. Because that's when the favor and grace of God will come and be upon your life. Now we see here that Joseph learned a lot of things about God during this time. God is the only one who promotes. God exalts. God honors. And God lifts up who he wants to. But you can put yourself in a position that he will honor you and exalt you and promote you.
yourself, so it's all up to you. So you just try to exalt yourself and promote yourself, but God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, it doesn't matter if you get all the way to the top of the ladder. If you're prideful, eventually you're going to fall off. It's a promise in the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you make millions of dollars and you're the most successful person ever. Eventually, you will fall off the ladder because Christ comes before the fall. And God says that His Word will not be mocked. We see if, if you want to lift yourself up, God will resist you. But if you want to get low and humble yourself, God will lift you up. I know a lot of you in here have big dreams, have big plans, have big visions.
choice to make to humble yourselves before God or to lift yourself up. And when we talk to God in a prideful, arrogant way, like a lot of us do, we don't mean to. We're saying, God, I got this. And when you imply that with your prayer life, He lets you have it by yourself. And so what happened here? Paul was going through hell, pretty much. He was going through a rough time. He said, God, I need your help. And God said, because you admitted your need for my help and humbled yourself, I'm going to give you the grace and favor to lift you up. So we see here, the way you humble yourself before God daily is you admit your need for His grace every day. Why? Because until you admit it, you won't meet your need. before God and say, I need you, then he won't be there in that way. Not that he's ever needing you, but he won't be there to manifest himself to you in that area. And a lot of us, we won't admit our need for God because we think that's one thing that happened one time at an altar and I don't need to keep doing that. It's something you do daily. And every time you do that daily, what are you doing? You're humbling yourself getting low before God so He can lift you up. So how many know when we don't pray prayers like this daily or weekly, we're saying, God, I got it. And that's pride. God says, okay, you can have whatever you want. If you don't need my help, go ahead and do it. I know I've done that before. I've went weeks at a time without praying prayers like this, and I felt the consequences of it because I was doing it by myself in my own strength. And there's a difference in that and you every day relying on the grace and favor of God and admitting your need and God meets your need when you admit it. But He won't if you will. John 15 and verse 5, it says, Jesus speaking, but as you listen to that, John 15 and verse 5. Are you guys getting anything tonight? Now what I'm talking about here is not 
issue here, God, I need more grace, then you're pretty far worthy to help me. Why? Because you can't receive from God when you're feeling pride and acting like it's not there. If you're struggling with something in your life, which all of us, there could be at least one or two things that you're struggling with. Admit your need to God for it. Because until you do, the more grace you receive and overcome that does not come. I've seen people that have gotten out of all, all the big time addictions. I've seen it happen. Drug addictions, other addictions in their life. Their life has been so messed up. And people thought, well, these people could never get their life together. They would come to our church and they get their life together and they stop all that stuff. It didn't happen by them saying, God, I got it. I can do it. I can quit it. I can beat it. No, they said, God, I need your help to quit now. I really want to smoke a cigarette right now. I don't want to be addicted anymore. But until you admit your need for help, God is not helping. It's for the people to get honest before God that God already knows what's going on in your life and say, God, I don't want to be addicted to pornography anymore. I need your help right now. And stop acting like it's not a part of your life. He can't help until you say, you need more grace. Say, well, 